welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. Yes, that's right, it's your favourite metal podcast with your favourite metal frontman, me, Howard H. Smith, lead singer of Acid Rain, um, presenter of this podcast, presenter of the Motorcast, presenter of the Reducer, presenter, co-presenter of Old Bollocks, presenter of Movie Bollocks. It's all about me, isn't it, eh? And stand-up comedian, KeithBlatt.co.uk. Does anybody bother with websites anymore? Also, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith if you want to get involved with the podcast. Uh, chuck us $6 a month, have loads of fun, come join the party, etc. Links in the description. Join the, pod, pod, uh, join the Patreon podcast. Yeah, hit that. Go to Patreon, etc. All that, boom. There we go. That I think is less than less than a minute to do all of the bullshit. Yep, do all of the rubbish that you're kind of bored of, and I'm bored of doing it as well. Um, it's got to the stage where actually, when it, I, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but right, it gets it's got to the stage where whenever I start talking about Patreon, I'm like, oh fucking hell, give it a rest, will you? Not again. And there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast as well where you just think, oh, fucking get on with it, will you? You know? I mean, uh, there's there's one podcast I listen to and literally I'll know right from the outset, oh, they've, they've got an ad, skip that. And then if it goes into an ad for a, another kind of company, I'm just like, oh, fucking hell. And I know I've got to skip two minutes into the podcast before it's actually going to really start. So there's the advantage of not having adverts. Um, and I'll, you know, I've, I've, I was going to say I'll try and keep it that way. It's not really my say. Um, I think this is pretty much too niche, this podcast. It's just too niche to actually have anybody want to advertise on it. Um, and to make sure they don't, cunt, cunt, cunt. There you go. Uh, yeah, no cunt wants to advertise when some cunt keeps saying cunt. You know what I mean? You can't. Um, so, yeah, if you weren't expecting that, welcome. <laughs> You've never been here before, have you? Hey? Um, so, what have we got in store for the show today? Well, it's already written in the fucking description, isn't it? So, you know, you know what's coming up. It's Phil Demmel. Yes, Phil Demmel, live from the Overkill tour bus. Um, and, uh, and we have a right old laugh and a good chat. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was nice to talk to Phil again. Uh, anyway, look, I'm kind of running ahead here, aren't I? Let's get on with what's been happening in the news since last we spoke. Who lives in a heavy metal world like this? So, first up, um, new single, new album coming from Ramstein, Ra- Ramstein, And um, I think the album's called Zeit, or is it Ziet? Um, I'm not sure, but um, the title track, which they've released a video for, is pretty fucking epic. Um, I mean, it is classic Rammstein, as in there's not another band out there, I think, who would who would um, put this as a lead-off track to the new album. Um, I need to listen to it a few more times because it is pretty, uh, it's pretty epic. It's pretty deep. So, uh, but it's always nice to have the boys back. It's always nice to have a bit of new Rammstein to listen to. So, um, yeah, uh, check it out for those of you that like Rammstein. If you don't like Rammstein, don't check it out because it's not going to change your mind. Um, Next up, um, this is something I've mentioned before about um, people receiving a bullet with Lemmy's ashes inside. Um, And the latest person to to speak about um, their experience is Doro Pesh. Um, who is pictured actually holding the um, uh, the little the little bullet, and it came in a little sort of 
tiny little metal chest. I just think that is so fucking cool. That's such a cool thing to do with the ashes. Half of his ashes were put into these these bullets from his bullet belt to be sent to particular people. And um, the other half went into a an urn shaped like his hat, um, which was then buried. And um, I only found that out last night because I was speaking to somebody who put that hat in the ground. Um, and that was for the motorcast. And um, yeah, wow. It was, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't want to talk, well, Sorry, I'm going to go for it because I've gone there. I'm going to now talk about an interview that is not on uh, Talking Bollocks and is not going to be on Talking Bollocks. But last night I did an interview um, with uh, Pascal, who, Pascal Riffraff, who is the man who made Lemmy's Boots from 2008 onwards. He's a, a master craftsman and, um, and we chatted for well over an hour. And um, it was really weird because it, it that's very long for a motorcast interview and I wasn't expecting it to be that long but we just we hit it off and in fact after I stopped recording we carried on talking as well um uh, so yeah keep your eyes out for that I, I, I didn't know I was going to mention <laughs> gone slightly off topic there but it was yeah it was it, it was really cool all right anyway um and yeah I just think it's amazing I really do I really do um and yeah I mean, a lot of weird... Yeah, I mean, you listen to the, the group of people that got one. Ricky Rockman, the ex-host of Headbangers Ball, got one. Um, Dora Pesh got one. Whitfield Crane of Ugly Kid, Go- Ugly Kid Joe got one. Rob Halford got one. It's, it's, yeah, and these are just the ones that we know of. There must be loads that we don't know of. Um, I just think that's really cool. Really cool. Anyway, apparently, um, Slipknot is still mixing their new album. And um, it, Blabbermouth have just become masters of this now. Um, that is literally, they've managed to get an article out of, you know, just one, yeah, we're still mixing the new album, and that's it. Um, and Corey Taylor's latest uh, latest description of the album, it's really killer, man. It's darker than we are not your kind, but there's a ton of melody. I've been telling everybody that it's like a heavier version of volume uh, volume three, the subliminal verses. It's got so many textures and layers. The heavy stuff has attack, but the melodic stuff you can sink your teeth in. There's lots of great melodies and hooks. I'm really, really excited for people to hear it. And and I'm just not, you know, I've, I've mentioned recently, I think that, um, you know, just that that realisation that they're, they're, they're not that band that I fell in love with and they haven't been for many years. Um, and, um, and yeah, I, the, let's wait and see. There's no point in preempting it. There's no point in me fucking reviewing the album based on what Corey said, is there? So, um, let's wait and see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch this space. So next up, toilet shaped like Metallica's Lars Ulrich acquired by Danish Museum. I mean, I will be linking this article because in case any of you haven't seen this toilet that looks like Lars Ulrich, it is one of the weirdest things you are ever likely to see. It is fucking freaky. It's like it's like there's a toilet and Lars Ulrich is sat on it with his legs open and the toilet's in front like that. So when you sit on the toilet... Your the small of your back would be resting against um, the Lars's penis. There's no other way of um, really get <laughs> explaining it, right? Um, 
And um, yeah, it's <laughs> acquired by Danish Museum. I don't know why anybody would buy that. According to Tampa Bay Times, Ridley's Believe It or Not Museum in Denmark has acquired the toilet. Um, the artist known as Prince Midnight denoted fucking hell. What what words am I going? In? Prince Midnight donated the toilet to Ripley Entertainment, which will it will soon be shipped to Ripley's auditorium in Copenhagen, where it will go on permanent display. So if that's if you want to see it in the inverted commas flesh, you've got to go to Denmark. Um, I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's bizarre. Prince Midnight said, I could have done a urinal with, with James, but that's not where the creative spirit was leading me. Oh, please, dude, you made a fucking toilet with Lars Ulrich on it. Don't be don't be giving it the whole creative spirit, please. <laughs> um, right. Apparently, Robert Trujillo said, oh, my God, you're kidding. This is incredible. How come I didn't see this? This is a work of art. I want one. Where can I buy? One? OK, yeah. Go, Rob going a little bit over the top there. So yeah, I will link. I will link that article in there. You've got to see it. Um, uh, next up, see a trailer for Metal Lords, the heavy metal coming of age film from creator, the co-creator of Game of Thrones, um, who is DB Weiss, and he's teamed up with Rage Against the Machine guitarist Tom Morello. Now, um, I've watched the trailer, and again, I will link the trailer to um, uh, in the podcast description as well. It looks all right. It really does. I'm. I've. I've. I. The fact that Tom Morello was involved in it, you know, you you know he was a you know a metal kid, and and there's definite nods to his childhood in the uh, just in the trailer, um, and I think this could be really cool. I really do. I think this could be actually a decent slash funny slash entertaining metal movie. So fingers crossed. Um, next up, the only re- reason I've I've um, I've got this next article is because it's Def Leppard to appear in Netflix movie The Bank of Dave and it's the opening line that just made me laugh according to the Lancashire Telegraph <laughs> Def Leppard have visited Burnley UK last weekend to film a segment for their upcoming Netflix movie uh, sorry for the upcoming Netflix The Bank of Dave it's not yet clear what role Def Leppard would play in the film I would imagine the band Def Leppard but hey you know might be wrong um, I just love the fact that um, we've got the Lancashire Telegraph quoted in um, in Blabbermouth. I just think that's fucking brilliant. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, apparently the Bank of Dave was written by blah, blah, blah. I don't know, guys, you know, is it news? Is it fucking news? Or am I just just plucking shit out of the air? This is shit that has been plucked out of the air. Ghost to sponsor NASCAR Infinity Driver, Bailey Curry's number four Chevrolet. <sighs> the Grammy Grammy winning Swedish rocker, Swedish. <laughs> fucking seriously, my mouth is not working this morning. Um, the Grammy winning Swedish rock outfit will be the primary sponsor of Curry's number four Chevrolet, a.k.a. the Papa Four car, to be unveiled at United Rentals 200 at Phoenix Raceway on Saturday, March 12th, exactly one day after the release of the band's hotly um, uh, anticipated new album, Impera Loma Vista Recordings. The unique partnership makes the band's first foray into American motorsports. Yes, because that's where you really... That's the market you really want to exploit, isn't it? 
I'm a musician myself, says JD Motorsports VP of Sales and Marketing, Tony Piscaro. So it's, it, so it's rocked working with Ghost and Loma Vista recordings on this car. We can't wait to put the pedal to the metal. Hey, you see what I did there? You absolute cunt. Fuck off. Fuck me, NASCAR. Just driving round in a figure of eight until somebody stacks it. Fucking great. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Fans I know love the band and wear ghost shirts. Um, I wear ghost shirts at my show regularly. I'm constantly getting comments on my channel or people coming up to me at races talking about how much they love the band too. So we knew this would be really exciting for fans. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm, I'm fucking really excited. Um, I mean... The worst motorsport in the world. Sorry, NASCAR fans, but the worst motorsport in the world. One of the most boring. Along with one of the worst, most boring bands. Are they boring? Okay, that's a bit unfair. You know, it, and constantly changing lineups and um, and constantly changing shit makeup. Well, let's face it. I, to, to be honest, Ghost, right? The band. I fucking love the way they look. I, I, the merchandise, the stupid merchandise ideas. They're all great. The actual look, absolutely wonderful. Right. The fucking song titles, the album covers, everything about Ghost is fucking brilliant, apart from their shoddy fucking 70s rip off pile of shit music. Fuck off with it. It's just absolutely rubbish. There's no other word for it. Rubbish. I I was I just. Yeah, just fuck off. Just go away. It's just horrendous. Now I know there's people out there who like Ghost. Oh, I'm, I'm all in on Ghost. Oh, I went to see Ghost and I bought a baby grow. I bought a ba- Ghost baby grow. Well, fucking good for you. But Christ, what a rehashed package of shit it is. And why do we even call it Ghost? Which was, that nearly went into, bizarrely, um, uh, Love Hates Classic. Why do you think they call it dope? Why do they even, why do they even call it Ghost? There you go, there's a fucking real niche reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, fucking idiots. Anyway. Um, that took me back to many a rock club in uh, in Newcastle when I used to live there. Um, Blackout in the Red Room and Why Do You Think They Call It Dope? Fucking great tracks. Anyway, why do they even call it Ghost? Surely it should just be called Tobias Forge by now. Can't we just all agree that it's not Ghost, it's Tobias Forge, right? That's it. That's it. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Um... And next up, and I will link this as well, and this is the uh, this is the final music story, um, is that Rush have got around <laughs> to releasing a 40th anniversary video for YYZ, the, as we all know, greatest instrumental of all time. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, 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 it is. No, 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 don't give me Orion, okay, or Call of Cthulhu, or fucking any... Any docu- um, document? What the fuck is wrong with my brain? I mean, I was just messing words up earlier. Now, just the totally wrong words completely. Going for my mind reaching for the word documentary instead of instrumental. What the fuck 
is wrong with my shivel, my shivelled brain this morning. Not even shriveled. It's shivelled, ladies and gentlemen. That is much worse than shriveled. Shriveled. Oh, you fucking. Yeah. If you've got a shriveled brain, good for you. Mine, man, is shivelled. It's absolutely shivelled. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, YYZ. There's a video. Awesome. Right. Check it out. And it is the greatest documentary. Oh, I've done it again. What the fuck? The greatest instrumental of all time. Right, I'm going to get to the interview because this is... I, I, I think there's any moment now um, my brain is just going to pack up. I'm going to have a stroke or something. So this is an interview that I did with Phil Demmel um, on Zoom the other day. Now, um, there are going to be bits, uh, because you're listening to the audio version, there are going to be bits where um, it will be... Um, you know, we're going to be referencing things we can see. So sorry about that. That, But that is what happens when you do it by um, uh, um, Zoom. But if you want to watch the whole thing, nip over to the Talking Bollocks YouTube channel and the whole, uh, you know, the whole interview is there. It might make a little bit more sense. Um, but if you're not bothered, then you're not bothered. This is all, I mean, we do, we chat heavily about uh, Let the World Burn, the new EP, which I really enjoy and really like, as you will have heard on Old Bollocks, or you're about to hear when I'm talking to Phil about it. So, there you go. A little bit of water there, just when it wasn't needed. Anyway, go over to YouTube and watch it, or listen to it here. This is Phil and I having a chat the other day. How metal is that? You're an acid rain. I was... I was... Yes, I was going to guess that. I was going to guess that. So, cool. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. and, and I was going to, I was going to mention it up top as well because um, I, I had a, a quite a long chat with um, Sean about probably about I don't know nine oh. months a year ago, and um, mm-hmm. and it was and and we, we were talking away and it was about twenty minutes in and I said um, and I said yeah you know I I look after that kind of stuff. For, for, for my band and he was like oh what's your band and I said acid rain he went and he was like you're an acid rain I was like yeah and he was like oh that's awesome. cool <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I'd completely forgotten to mention it <laughs> um yeah I got you uh Perry wears uh Perry got a shirt from somebody I don't think it was you but was it from you no no he's he's been he's been friends with um with one of our guitarists for years and he's like he's always repping our shirts which is like is really cool Wears it a lot, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, and um, and and speaking of pretty cool, um, uh, the the EPs come out really well. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. Absolutely loving it. Awesome, excellent, man. That's great. Great. And we worked hard, man. Yeah, I and I mean, look, you know, it was a couple of years ago we put our first album out for 29 years. So I've got I've got a kind of a, a little bit of a feeling for how you must be feeling right now, which yeah. It, yeah. Is there so many, so many conflicting emotions, you know? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, it's really exciting. You know, it, it seems like we recorded it so long ago. I think it's been over a year since we started recording, you know, so it's um, yeah. trying to get a release date down and trying to, you know, so the thing's been done for a bit. It took a minute to get it fixed. We, uh, we were working with, somebody that didn't work out so we had to go to somebody else to mix it and, um, so it's uh you know it's nice to have it released here we are march 4th and, and the record is out i know i What's know up, Derek? 
Yeah, do your thing. Oh, I didn't want it to start. Do your thing. I'm, I'm sitting here with, uh, I'm on the overkill bus right now. Ah, right. Okay. Well, Bob, Derek Trailer wants to make some, you want to make some coffee or something? No. Oh, he wants me. He wants to, uh, it's lunchtime. Look, Bobby. Bobby has been Bobby's been on the show many times. So tell it. Tell him Howard said hello. Um, I, will, we've, uh, I will. Yeah, yeah we've we, we we've had we've had many a chat. Um, Excellent. Uh, but That's but uh, likes to talk. <laughs> oh, that singers, singers, it's what we do. I mean, it's like, you know, whether it's like, whether it's Marcus Agueda, whether it's Scott Holderby, whether it's Sean Killian, right. you get us going and we just love to talk. Those, those are all Bay Area boys you just mentioned, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it's almost like it was deliberate. Funnily enough, I've, I've got um, I, I, I'm I've got a, a Zoom tonight for a couple of hours with my good friend uh, Mark DeVito, um, who is also Bay Area dude. Yeah, another Bay Area dude. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's I look I, as soon as the skies open up again, and um, uh, I'm I'm gonna come out there because it's like. There's some there's some streets I want to walk down and some things I want to see. Yeah. Um, let me let me know. Come out to our bar. Oh yeah, without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. how is the bar going? Because you mentioned that last time we doing talked. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing good. We're uh, everything's pretty much back to normal, and people are less scared or not scared at all anymore. And they always wanted to drink, so they you know they come in. But it's it's nice to see everybody back and, and feeling safe again. And, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I, I wanted to um, I wanted to talk to you about the EP, um, and specifically, was that was that was that you and Perry like just hashing stuff out and then handing it to the rest of the band, or you know, for the most part, it was it, for the I you know I wrote all the riffs, and uh, for the most part, it was me and Perry in the room working stuff out sean was there for a lot of it and uh had some great ideas and you know, it was a lot of filtering it was a lot of going through drum rolls and is this key change cool let's change the key for this and let's you know let's invert this beat here or try a roll here or let's do a four count here you know it was all everything was just under the microscope i wanted everything to flow perfectly and just I didn't want to have any regret or have any little hiccups or stuff that I didn't like. So, and, and everybody was that way. If somebody didn't like something and it was just like, you know, Sean, Hey, I want it, I want this to go three. I want this to, you know, everybody had their say and structures and, and, and thoughts and feelings. So. It, so, uh, so it, it kind of sounds like it was like, you know, going back many years, it was, it was the same, but different because you're all, you're, you know, you're all older, you're all more, more experienced. And I, I think the key part of that is is exactly what you were saying there about everyone had their say and if people weren't comfortable you know when you're younger it's just like bullheaded push stuff through that's cool if you don't like it tough shit you're wrong yeah yeah i think that i mean i don't think that we've ever been that type of band i think that if somebody felt strongly about a part that they didn't like um i would i'd be pretty persistent in wanting to to hear something the way i wanted to hear something but same with sean if you wanted to hear you know, we were always up for, hey, let's try it this way. Let's try it, you know, let's try it with this beat or try it with that beat or Perry, you know, hey, I want to try double bass here instead of, or, you know, so we were open for, there was no deadlines. Let's just try it. 
every every different way. And if somebody felt super strong about something, then we went that direction. Yeah, yeah. And working with Sean again, there must have been occasions where um, he surprised you. Um, you know, where it's like there's 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 what a inverted commas normal singer would do, and then there's and then there's like Sean's approach. Yeah. It's like, because, it, it, you, you know, know, Sean and the vocals, it was probably what I had the least amount of, not say, but input on because he, he does his thing and that what's, is what make him, makes it special. You know, there are certain things about certain counts and a little bit, but for the most part, Sean did his own trip. I didn't even, I was there for every minute of tracking with everybody else and pretty much produced the, you know, produce the record as far as structuring and, and layering sounds and, you know, dynamics here and there and, and stuff here and there. But, you know, with Sean, it was like, I'll come in at the end of the day and, and hear what he had and offer some ideas here and there on his request. He wanted me to offer it up. And, uh, you know, the dude is his own animal and that's what makes us even more special and unique. So yeah. leaving him alone without, you know, too much direction just let him let him go and it's and it's all i love what he does so it's it's i don't think i changed i don't think i changed much if anything at all of what he did well that well that's that's the thing isn't it it's like he's such he's such a got such a unique approach the last thing you want to do is give him direction as it were because it's like dude you right. go, you just go wherever yeah because then it becomes you know me or perry or bobby or or christian that big influenced on him and he should be unhindered in his approach and he feels that way he's he's got a strong personality and you know it, he feels strong about something that it's you know that's the way he's going to go so but you know that's that's the way we we kind of operate yeah yeah and there's some i mean you know look there's some really cool vocal stuff on there as well i mean i've, I've always been a fan i mean I, when i was talking to sean um you know, I, I, I said to him, we, we, you know, I, I was basically the UK equivalent of Sean. You know, I used to get the, cool. uh, yeah, I used to get the, the, um, oh, what was the phrase? Um, a, a required, um, an acquired taste. Acquired taste. <laughs> yeah. Acquired taste. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, which was, which was actually like, that was almost a compliment, you know, back in the right. day when, when people yeah, were going. You're unique. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we say now. Back in the day, it was, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, back in the day, you you had you had um, journalists ruling the roosts. You know, you had you had a, you had a few opinions that that kind of shaped the the press's version of, yeah. of you know, of what yeah. your album was like. And they just wouldn't get away with that shit now with all the message boards and everything and the, and the social media access. Yes. Uh, but we didn't yeah. have that back in the day, did we? So, you, you know, you, you, it wasn't oh, a no. it's not until you go around and speak to people that you think, Oh, right. Okay. So not everyone thinks this record sucks then. Right. Right. For sure. No, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's good and it's not, you know, that everybody yeah. has a voice, but you just, but that just opens it up to what real life is all about. You know, so you have to be able to have some thick skin to be able to uh, to be an artist and to submit your your art 
and you know to hey what do you guys think of this and you have to be able to take the hey i think it kind of sucks man or it <laughs> sounds like this or the demo sounded yeah. better or you know yeah so it's you have to develop that otherwise you're just not going to last well that's the thing isn't it we, we you know or you we, just have to be killer that everybody likes everything that you do so that's the only alternative uh, yeah yeah or just <laughs> or just hide from social media and have and no interaction <laughs> yeah exactly but the thing but ultimately we put ourselves literally we put ourselves up there you know to yep. to be criticized so it's 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 um you know it's a double-edged sword if you're going to take if you're going to take the praise and you're going to take all the you know all, all the um all the pluses you've also got to deal with the minuses and then and the negativity as well it's it all comes hand in For hand sure. after yeah 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 and i think um ultimately as you was you know as you said it's even more the case now um but i also think you get a clearer picture of you know of exactly how something is being received because there is such fan feedback yeah yeah and when it's i mean of course there are people with other agendas who haven't even listened to your stuff but just because for whatever reason it's like oh well i've got to defend this person to so this i'm just going to go on a campaign and just say this sucks and you're a dick and you know so you have to weed through the uh, ulterior motives of some individuals. Yeah, I, without a doubt. But um, I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely think, and uh, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm kiss, kissing your ass, but I'm going to sound like that anyway. But uh, you know, the perception I have of you is you're very much one of the good guys. You know, I mean, you know, you're you, you've played in Slayer, you've played a machine. I mean, you're on the road with Over. If you were a dick, dude, it would be out there by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to, you know. It's nice to hear, and I think that you know the trying to be just a. Uh, I say it all the time. I'm just a dude from Dublin, you know, who can throw some notes together, and it's fortunate that I get along with people or whatever. Uh, I was told when I left Machine Head that I would lose a lot of friends, you know, and it was it was awesome to see that that wasn't the case. You know, in fact, the opposite kind of happened. Found yeah. people that were like, oh, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the I opposite kind of, yeah, well, yeah that people would come out of the woodwork going, oh, hey, it's 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 safe to talk to you again, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're out of the bubble, you're out of the bubble, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, but th this is it though, isn't it? You know, like opportunity comes knocking, you know, it, it, who would have thought when you when you you know first made that jump. The you know we'd be sat here talking now about a new violence record you played in Slayer oh, you know you're on the road with Overkill I mean all these, yeah. none of these none of this shit comes to you if you're still in the band Lamb of God you know oh shit yeah <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah. La let's throw that in there as well God yeah yeah um, yeah it doesn't and I, and I knew that even and even then it was it was the the trade off I loved being a machine head I loved being a part of that machine and that. Uh, contributing to all of that success and being a part of that. And, um, and when the time was over, it was a huge leap of faith, you know, but it was just something I had to do for my own mental. Once, once it became a mental burden and such a, such a thing, then it was just time to move. And I'm just, I'm so fortunate that, you know, that I did, I mean, holy shit, the next day I was less than 24 hours and I'm like going off to play with Slayer, you know, and, all these cool things have happened and I'm, I'm 
writing, I'm composing music with some, all these, I mean, I'm, can't, I'm not gonna talk about it now, but all these different avenues are happening right now in different, in different ways. You know, and it, and it brings me to, I guess I, I should kind of broach the, the subject of uh, scheduling and stuff because there's some, some violent yeah. stuff coming up that I'm not going to be able to be a part of because of choices that I'm making in my own career. You know, violence was a, a side thing that we were doing. Like, it was just like, I, it was understood that I'm doing other stuff and that this would happen and they weren't looking at doing full-blown tours and so trying to schedule stuff, it gets difficult. So there will be things that uh, I won't be doing with violence, which is a little heartbreaking, you know, in a sense that yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't missed, I'm the only member of violence that hasn't missed a show. So yeah, there's a violence club and, you know, there's been a lot of former members, but, you know, I never quit the band and I never, you know, I, I carried that torch for, yeah. you know, the whole time and, hadn't missed a show so it's you know i'm it's a selfish move on my part to do these other things but at 55 years old i need to not regret the you know passing up something to do another thing that may or may not I, it's hard to explain you know I, I yeah just, sure so i'm apologizing in advance for if there will be a show that i'm not going to be at um but i am 55 I'm in the twilight, maybe maybe the twilight of my musical career. You never know when it could all. I have a lot of peers that are fucking dying, dude. You know, yeah. they're just gone. Yeah, they're just gone. And at this point in my career, I need to, you know, I need to be a little selfish. And, and you know, it it's it might be hard to fathom from other people about doing things that aren't part of what violence is and. And I don't really, it's emotional and it sucks and, you know, but it is what it is. And I have, I made decisions in some things. It's like, a, it's not like I'm missing the whole year or anything, but there will be, there will be instances when I'm not on stage with those guys and it's going to be weird. And, you know, yeah. It's what it is. But well, you know, you can't be in two places at once. So, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's how it is. So, so anyway, what's it going to be like being in a band with Kerry King? That's my guess. <laughs> I know. I know. I, 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 know. Know. I played. I played four. I played four shows. With the yeah, I know. And I, so I was in a band with them. <laughs> you know, it was it was awesome. The dudes, one of the yeah. most real and genuine people that I have ever met. Like he, yeah. got. I wouldn't say that he has zero filter. But if you ask him what he thinks, he's going to fucking tell you what he thinks. And you're going to yeah. know exactly where you stand with him, too. You know, yeah. it, even, you know, down with, with Tom, you know, I that part in Slayer was such an uh, intense experience. You know, this band yeah. is at the end of their, they're on their farewell tour, and, you know, watching them connect business and how they handle themselves was was a, a big learning experience. So playing yeah. in a band with Carrie, I did it. Yeah, you know, I was doing their meet yeah. greets. You know, I was I was in the band. You know, yeah, that's cool so, as fuck. That is cool as I get, fuck. I, I see what you're doing, and you oh, yeah, I was just joking, man. I was just joking. I wouldn't dream of it. And you know what? If you if you'd said anything, I'd edit it out, and we'd you would keep it between us because that's about like, what I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, oh, funnily enough, G Gary. Um, 
I spoke to Gary Holt recently and, oh, okay. and, and he was All saying, right. he was, he was saying the same thing that like, you know, it, I mean, you, you may have only been there for like four shows, but he said the same thing, seeing how they handle business and seeing how, like, like how slick the operation is, you know, where, and, and just how they conduct themselves was the biggest takeaway for him for the, you know, for that whole period. Um, right, right, right. You know, and seeing things. It's that weird he, to think that he was in the band for that long. It was really a yeah. long time that he was there. You know, I know. So, but I, hey, look, there's there's people out there that still still refer to Rob Trujillo as the new guy. So yeah, and he's <laughs> been the longest tenured band member of that of, of Metallica, right? Yeah, has it been yeah. like twenty something years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it was what Set Anger was nineteen ninety nine, wasn't it? So yeah, something like that. No. Oh was shit! It? No, it wasn't, was it? No. No, because uh, oh. I was. I want to say two thousand maybe 2004 i go that is it two two guys in their 50s try and remember when saint anger came out this is going to be a really cool a really cool interview yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> i don't know how long newstead was in the band but it wasn't that long as long as trujillo it's his birthday today too oh wow man hey, new kid. Happy, he's still a new kid right happy birthday bro yeah exactly he's, he's still the new kid well, well, Devito, I'll be talking to you later. Is um is, is very close friends with him, so um yes. I'll have to make Devito's sure. well, well entwined in the Bay. He did. Uh, I hosted a golf tournament for Sean, uh, his liver transplant thing, and yeah, I went to De- Mark Devito, and he was working at uh, Dunlop Manufacturing as an artist, and uh, he. Dev- I got the hoodie. Let me grab it real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for oh, it. Is this going to be, is this filmed? Are you going to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to okay, use the video on, as well. Quick. Okay, no worries. Um, so for those of you listening in audio, um, Phil is on his, is on the tour bus and is just disappeared to his bunk to pick up a t-shirt. Were you talking to me? No, I was doing, I was doing a running commentary for everybody who is. Oh, I got you. Who's, yeah. who's going to be listening. Bittner's, Jason Bittner was just going, he's still talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, this is the. the oh, nice. Sold. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Kind of rat think. Yeah. Know, golf carts and, you know. Yeah. So that's a Mark DeVito, you know. Please tell him that we appreciate everything he did for us. And, you know. Oh, I, I will. I will, man. I mean, I've, I've, I did a series of podcasts over Christmas with him and because and I, I had him um, on the Motorcast because I, I host the um, the official Motorhead podcast, which is called the Motorcast. Oh, cool. And okay. and Mark and Mark was on that because of course he worked with Motorhead for years um and um and we just got to know each other he's such a nice dude i mean he's he sent me um a limited edition poster from the metallica 40th anniversary and he said oh me, shit those yeah. are killer right oh man it's awesome. the the captain crunch one um yeah so that's that's framed on my wall and he sent me um and he sent me a uh a long sleeve shirt as well that he that he designed from from those days and awesome. it's like i know i mean it's just like absolutely Oh, yeah, you know. he, he was doing the metal babies thing, I think. And he sent me a bunch of little onesies with all the ACDC and Metallica, you know, all that stuff for when I got, you know, that was another thing I was talking about, you know, missing shows. It's, uh, I've got a baby at home. We got a nine month old. I got a five year old at home. And I, at, at this point, you know, we own our own business and it's, you know, I've got to, from a business standpoint, I've got to do that as well. So, 
yeah. I digress anyways. Well, I know, but it's, it's all relevant because it's, you know, you, you've, you've got to prioritize. And yeah. I think, I think people forget that when you're in a band that you can't just do what the fuck you like, whenever you like, you know? Yeah. It's well, like you can, and you just piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, there's always this thing, like you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of people are into like like fans um, think that like there's this place called Bandland, you know, that, and we all live in we all live in Bandland, where you live on a street where every member of the band is like t- you know a couple of doors away. There's a rehearsal, right, right, right. there's a rehearsal studio at one end of the street, and there's a recording studio at the other end of the street, and there's a queue of producers uh, willing to work with you. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of yeah, like yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like no, yeah. You, know, you just go next door. You, you go next door to producer <laughs> land, and you go you know yeah. studio land. And- <laughs> yeah but it's you know being in a band you're not you're not immune from everything else that takes place in the world which is like you say having to having to you know leave your family behind and and go and yeah. and yeah rock out and it's great fun but you're still paying the bills yeah it is it is you know it's uh, it's every you know and looking back have i made bad decisions or ones that i that i regret or wish that i didn't you know there are there are things that i wish that i probably or that i probably shouldn't have done that was the wrong decision but it's you know i did it so it's you know you move forward and everybody kind of fucks up and i'm not using that as a crutch but and i don't even know what i'm talking about in particular but you know everybody's going to make mistakes or wrong decisions so it's it's how we treat those that we're still you know connected to and how we treat others yeah absolutely and also the thing is you never make the wrong decision on purpose you never know at the time you've made the wrong decision and that's why hindsight's bullshit as well because you look back and you're just left with the decision what you don't remember is all of the myriad of reasons why you made that decision at the time right 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 absolutely and yeah, you got to live with it. That's that's the way it is, yeah. man. That's the way it yeah. is. So, um, you, I mean, you're out, you're out with Overkill at the moment. You got, you've been doing the Lamb of God thing as well. I mean, you seem like someone who says yes a lot. <laughs> and I think that's what I I'm guilty of. You know, I have this incredible. Uh, I suffer from FOMO so much. You know, it's just like I don't want to miss out on anything. You know, and it's like I say. Me and Olufsen, he would tell me back in the day that, you know, he's like, you're like me, man. You don't say no to anything. You'll just, you know, and when I do NAM, it's just like every minute is booked. Sign, signing here, jam over here, Randy Rose jam over here, Ronnie Montos jam over here, Dime Dash over here, I'm at Allegiant show over here, you know, <laughs> Ultimate Jam over here. It's, it's yeah. full. It's full. But I'm, you know, I'm such a social dude and, you know, and that's how this business is conducted is. Yeah socially and not just you know on your phone or whatever but it's like the the in-person and the hang is super important too and it's it just comes natural to, natural to me in that sense and um so i don't people are like you know hey let's do this like yeah man let me i'll do a solo on that for you or I'll, yeah let's let's write some music together with these fucking random people in this it's it's just the connection is what I dig and the music is what I dig, you know? So there's going to be releases for me, you know, in the not too distant future from some pretty cool 
pretty cool random hookups, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, are they are they bands? I don't know if they're bands. I mean, but they're 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 jams, and yeah, they might be bands. I don't I don't know, but yeah, you know, only so much time in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, by the sounds of it, you know, we I, I have a similar philosophy, which is like, you know, the answer is always yes. And um, say yeah, and then ju- say yes, and then figure out somewhere else down the road how you're actually going to do it. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I, I play in a cover band with all my high school buddies. And we, we play, we'll call the Merkins, and we and it's all my high school buddies and like people in our community of Dublin. We're such a close, close knit family, and uh, we just and not everybody's. You know, there's so I get I pull in some some uh, pros to come in. Dave Root from Tesla and. Uh, Tommy Draper from Carcass comes in and uh, Lance from Rancid. I get all these, you know, Chuck Billy comes to jams. And, uh, but but for every one of those, there's five of just my cousin who's going to sing or who knows how to play the harmonica. So we're going to play the wizard or something, you know. And, <laughs> and we just do, we do, you know, Bon Jovi and Journey and, you know, Pat Benatar songs, all the sing-alongs, all the hits that over the years that people all know, you know. And yeah. just play a bar and people get hammered and everybody sings and it's the best time, but that's 27 songs to learn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that was last Saturday. So we're doing that Friday night's a rehearsal Saturday night's the show Monday. I'm on a plane going out to, you know, to rehearse with overkill, you know, and and that's another 19 songs or whatever. So (laughs) it's a lot. But so when you when you do those things with your buddies, do you do do your do your friends appreciate kind of like you know Chuck Billy turns up to sing a few songs and they're, and they're like, oh, who's that dude? Yeah, totally, totally stoked. You know, the, Chuck oh, is from Dublin good. too, Chuck's right? From yeah, yeah. So everybody knows him, and uh, I've got uh, some ex-members of Y&T to come in and jam. Uh, Phil Buckman from Fuels come up and play. He played at Filter too. So you know these these people are like, holy shit, that's a, you know, we played a fuel cover. My buddy wanted to play a fuel cover. I said, well, here's the bass player from fuel's going to play on the song with you. And he's like, holy crap. You know, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's a really cool and special kind of thing. And um, so, and they do appreciate it. I mean, these are the guys that I learned how to play with, that I was playing back with 1981. We were playing Judas Priest covers and, you know, learning how to play made covers. And, you know, so it's, it's here we are 30 almost 40 years later 40 years later and we're still jamming together it's really special yeah absolutely and also i'd imagine for you as well for all the things you've done and the places you go and everything when you're back with them that takes you to a place that's before there was any business before a band was even looking at signing or anything like that it's just purely for the gas just for the laugh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And learning, learning how to play, and watching, and you know, going and seeing these bands when they come through, and, and wanting to do that, you know, striving to to be in that industry and be relevant, or even just jam at a club. I was 15 years old when I started playing the clubs with uh, Zet from Exodus. Was our our singer, you know, me and his brother John gave Zet his first position. You know, he sang for us, and he left us to join Legacy. Right. And, uh, so it's, I was super young, you know, Zet corrupted me at a young age. And, <laughs> <laughs> you 
and uh, it's crazy that here we are all these years later still still jamming yeah absolutely absolutely and um i mean you know from those i i think that sometimes gets lost is the fact that you know everybody in a band we we are you know as much as we have fans and they're like oh wow you know it's really nice to meet you and i love this thing you did but sometimes it gets lost that all we are is we're just super fans that's why we're in bands that's because just being a fan yeah yeah it wasn't enough just listening we had to go make it yeah 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 exactly and that's that's what i i mean about just being just just a person who can string some notes together and is fortunate enough to have people like what we do you know it doesn't make us superheroes it doesn't make us you know uh, immortal or anything other than yeah i try to i try to keep it especially with the Merkins dudes and my, and my friends and the people that come to the bar. It's just like, man, I'm just, I just grew up in this town and, and, and just another person who's going to sit here and have a fucking cocktail with you or sing some karaoke with you. And, you know. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what albums you played on or what songs you've written. You put your pants on one leg at a time. Yeah, you do. You, yeah. And you, you trip over the same shoelaces too. So you can, <laughs> you know, it's everybody can fall on their face just the same way. So yeah. be careful on who you shit on on the way up because you're going to see those fuckers on the way down too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of which, are you, are you going to be able to come over? Um, I, I, are you, are you doing bloodstock this year? I will be doing bloodstock this year. Yeah. And are you, are you going to be over with the band at that time? I'll be over with the band at that time. Yes, cool. All right, well, I'm, I'm, because I'll, I'll definitely be there. I'll be hanging around like a bad smell. So all right. I'm sure I'll bump all into right. you all at some point. Absolutely, um, I would love to, love to catch up with you over there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's just so good to have you guys back. It really is, and, and kind of like you know, the pandemic seemed to play its role in, in slowing slowing that down which is which is by the way the most violence thing ever <laughs> it didn't slow us down though. that's the reason why we went in and recorded it was just ah like, right okay, okay cool. well we can't all these shows got canceled it's like let's write our record you know so we we didn't shelter in place we <laughs> went to the studio you know and we're writing three i want to say three maybe four days a week but at least at least three days a week i think we were down there yeah. Hammering it pretty good, man. There was a lot of work to put into this, myself included. You know, I put myself through the ringer, working on my technique and working on my picking. I wanted to, you know, I didn't track a lot of a lot. I didn't track any rhythms for Machine Head down down the stretch, and uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, do well and have these riffs play out and be clean and, and do a good job tracking on them too. Bob too. Bob worked really hard. And, uh, all everybody did. Christian worked hard, man. <laughs> Christian came up, and I don't think he might be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, <laughs> he came up the night before, and uh, at the bar, our bar is called the Back Lounge, and um, he came up the night before. And we had a karaoke night going on, but we were outside. I think yeah, we were outside because we had to be outside because of the the, the quarantine or whatever, and uh, came up for a karaoke night and uh stayed a little long <laughs> and he had to track the next day so his first day of tracking was pretty rough it was pretty rough 
but that's you know true violence form you know it was he was a you know yeah. it was i think that it was, he was excited to be up there and be a part of it you know christian's such a uh, you know such an addition to what we're doing uh, both the guys bob too and uh, but i've seen more of christian because he was here for pre-production he did a lot of our demos he did the california california uberalis he recorded that for us and uh, so he's just here more. I've, I've had more of a connection with Christian because of his presence. And uh, so such a such an addition, man. It just has some great ideas. And it's what is so cool is I'm hearing, I'm seeing all the reviews come in and there's so many reviews about the bass, you know? Oh, and the bass is this and the bass is full and the bass is blah, blah, and the bass is filling this spot and all oh, the bass lines and this, and you know, it's all, I mean, Christian worked hard. He works hard on his tone. And, uh, so it's good to hear, you know, you don't hear that a lot in a, in a thrash review. I said, well, no, de- definitely not. When it comes to thrash, like, you know, bass is you know, last in line. Right. So it was, it was really cool to, uh, to see that, but I'm seeing it with all aspects of it, the drumming, you know, Pete Perry's, yeah. you know, he's always had these killer roles and, and ideas and great ideas. And, uh, so seeing that get, you know, accolades and and you know Perry's he's a monster and he's you know so it's it, every aspect is really getting a lot the guitars and the solos you know we're we're me and Bob are super proud of and there's some cool harmonic harmony moments and uh, trade offs and, uh, and of course Sean people are digging but I don't think that it's a violence release has ever had this much positive it's yeah. always been fifty fifty. You know, it's always been 50-50, you know, yeah. ah, generic thrash, ah, blah, 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 ah, Sean is this, ah, blah, 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 blah. But it's been, you know, a good 80-20 as far as what I've seen so far on, yeah. you know, production and, and vocals and everything. So it's really fucking cool. Yeah, and, and to me, it sounds more like um, following on from oppressing, oppressing the masses than following on from nothing to gain. Yeah. You know, it has that would, that, that say, edge. Would, that edge is. I would there. say it's following on from Eternal Nightmare. <laughs> right, I, I okay. think that this fits right in between the two of them. You know, because oppressing was a little was a little polished. No, uh, no, think, no! It's oh, fucking yeah. great. It's great, and that uh, that album does not get the credit it deserves. Oppressing does it? No way! No uh, way! I I think that I think, I think that it does. A, People love oppressing. Yeah, I, th- I love it. I, I, I honestly, I mean, it's like the the only thing wrong with oppressing is that it's not Eternal Nightmare, you know. Right. That, that, <laughs> it, it, uh, and I I've, I've been banging on about it, funnily enough, to um to my subscribers, um, and I've got some subscriber questions for you in a bit. And one of them, as like said, I've uh, you know I've kept I do a, a a radio show and I've kept dropping songs from Oppressing the Masses in there. And he's like, do you know what? I'm going to have to go back and reassess this album. And he's gone back and he's gone, my God, young me was an idiot. This is a great yeah. album. And he's literally discovered it all these years later. Yeah, because he was, he was probably listening to Don Kay or, you know, the guys that gave it gave it bad reviews back in the day. And it just like, yeah, I guess it's supposed to suck. So I'm just not going to check it no. out. No, no, even worse. He got it and he didn't like it because it wasn't Eternal oh. Nightmare because he was oh, a because he was a young idiot and he's like, well, oh, it's not Eternal right, Nightmare right. too. Fuck that, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the CP falls right in between the two. I think it's got a lot of the aggressiveness 
a lot of the rawness of eternal but it's got some of the elements like the spoken word part and uh let the world burn that might have been on you know that that could have been on nothing to gain you know yeah. it's, it's and, and upon and across could have been maybe on nothing to gain you know so every song is different you know i i patterned uh kind of the songs like flesh from bone was kind of the eternal nightmare you know and and screaming always was i don't know that that song was just an epic piece that it has that all bound out all bound out you know it had the weird part of the middle and i didn't know about you know that but it's got some of these one of my favorite riffs is you know it's probably my favorite bios riff that i've ever written but then the song like uh, Gato Negro was kind of the phobophobia, you know, that, yeah. you know, I wanted that mid pace, uh, upbeat, you know, yeah. song. And so when Upon the Cross, I thought it was done after El Gato Negro. I thought we were done. This is four tunes. This is, they're all different and all fucking killer. But then I was uh, playing the riff to uh, Upon the Cross. That's just a riff, you know, I'm just writing and recording riffs and while we're jamming and in between people talking. And uh, so I I did the, you know, the, the yeah. riff and, and Perry and Sean are both like, whoa, what is that? You know, and it was, and it was coupled with that, you know, and, and I, I yeah. said, I don't know if that's a violence. I don't know if, you know, violence fans want to hear that from us, you know, and, and they're, both of them were just kind of like fuck that i want to hear it you know and, and, yeah. and sean was pretty adamant about let me take that go home and write over it and uh he did man he came back and started singing it me perry both went holy fuck you know he made that vocals just made that they they just married each other on the spot it was love at first sight you know? and like, <laughs> it's yeah. like holy crap this is fucking killer you know and so we we kept going and i came up with a little lead break and I tried to incorporate a lot more key changes in what we're doing. So it's just not all, you know, everything in E, right? The E going to E, E chorus, E lead break, you know? So that's one thing I'm pretty proud about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is that it, it, like you say, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of elevated it, but going back to um, screaming always, which first time I listened to the EP all the way through, um, I realized that you were back and you, and you, you, you were on the money about halfway through screaming always. Oh, I was just cool. like, I was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, it's such a Sean chorus, right, you know, right. but, all, but also that two part verse that that's something that when I was listening to that for the first time, I'm like, Oh man, I want to sing on this. I, oh, I right. really <laughs> want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 when it, yeah, yeah. Oh, when it opens up, man. When it, but that is, but there's, there's kind of like a, when it opens up, it becomes more urgent. It just, you know, and it becomes almost punky, but not quite. And it's but the just, vocals change too. You know, yeah, it opens yeah. up and the vocals change. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, yeah, I, that... I I don't listen to that song as much, and I don't I don't know why, because I, I think I usually just want to hear upon that cross so much that I skip 
screaming and you know the whole mid middle section was uh it modulates it goes to the f sharp kind of like that metallica clean part you know sounds like something off of justice or something but uh i thought that that part might have been too dragged over too long but i loved playing the riff with these open and dissonant notes and stuff like that and it was hard to play so i just kind of like i'm going to do lessons on how to play all the tunes you know do break break down the riffs so that's yeah when i think when those come out people will understand why that part is in there Oh, that's awesome. That's and I mean, I mean, who would have thought as well? That is just so not a thing you do back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In, instruction, yeah. Instructional videos would be like, hey. Right, right. Playthroughs. Yeah, no, it'd be like, who the, who the fuck do these guys think they are putting out yeah. playthrough videos? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right, right. So out. Yeah, you're a thrash band. Get back in the fucking truck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, look, uh, Phil, um, I've got some subscriber questions that, um, that, that I want to ask you. So just bear with me because I've got, I just got to grab my yep. phone. Uh, here we are. So now um, there, there, there is possibly some sensitive questions in there. Oh. Um, let so, um, but just so you know, um, you can let so them rip. You know. Yeah, just so you know, uh, <laughs> um, you can let it rip. These will be behind a paywall. Um, and um, so, you know, if yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Just, if you, just let them go. OK, all right. Um, here we one. go. Well, here we go. You're a big. Yeah, you've, you've, you've done these things before. Okay. Um, OK, so, well, I think some of these we've we've kind of uh, there's not too many. Anyway, here we go. This is like taking you back to like way back in the day does right. phil does phil remember the hard and heavy video interview he did with violence back in the late 80s i don't think many thrash bands did too many video interviews and over in the uk that was an um an early violence memory for many yeah i remember that we were on the boybot tour in uh i want to say november of 88 and we played fender's ballroom with Voivod and Forbidden jumped on the show. And uh, I think they interviewed them there too. And, but yeah, it was fun. It was like the first time the video magazine was kind of cool. The hard and heavy thing was cool. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember the whole interview I had, I remember sh hadn't shaved in a bit and I shaved a stupid Headfield Fu Manchu and, you know, super <laughs> light. And, you know, it was a fun interview. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, that answers a, a few of his follow-up questions. Um, so anyway, that was um, that was from Carl. This one is from Mark Penson. And um, uh, Mark says, I see Phil um, is stepping in for overkill. overkill. Right. It, we, we've kind of covered this because he's basically saying, you know, what sort of career ups have you got? You know, you're going to be sort of ducking and diving and stuff like that. And. Right. You know, we, we've kind of covered it. But his follow-up question was, you played in Machine Head when they were on the verge of becoming the next big thing, the Blackening era, etc. How close do you think you were to hitting that festival headliner status and, and possibly why didn't it happen? Well, we were, uh, we were a festival headliner, so I think we hit it. <laughs> <laughs> we headlined Wack and we headlined Wolf with Full Force. We headlined uh bloodstock we headlined yeah true uh, numerous festivals so you know we 
right there at the end of the blackening and the beginning of August. I mean, we played Wembley Arena. You know, we, uh, um, it, yeah, that I, was, a, I, we did. That, yeah, that was, that was, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. D- dude, it's okay. You can't, you, you can say to him that he fucked up and it's a shit question. <laughs> no, 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 that ain't it. That ain't it. But I think that, I think that, I mean, that, I think that that was the pinnacle of what the band had done, you know, and, yeah. and so we were the next, the next big thing. I mean, the band's been around so long, you know, and it's amazing that, you know, it's a testament to, to, to Rob and his ability to, you know, to write songs and, you know, now it's been a pen for 18, has it been 30 years? Probably 30 years. That's amazing. Yeah. I was there for 16 and that was only half of it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm proud of, I'm proud of, of, of what we did. And, and that, that, that reminds me of something I wanted to say to you earlier, actually, which was um, when it came to working on the violent stuff, obviously, obviously there was a lot of, you know, old emotions coming back, working with these guys for the first time in such a long time. But as you alluded to, you know, you took a lot of pressure on, you did a lot of work on this and um, going from, you know, going from being, having a smaller role um, in, in machine head to then, being having you know a majority role you know what was that like was it you know was it kind of like oh right okay this is this is pressure yeah i don't i don't know if it was pressure i just i just wanted it to be good you know i didn't i don't think i felt pressure i just wanted to push um some dudes that hadn't you know perry hadn't recorded a record or played metal in a long time so i wanted it to be good yeah, you know, there was a year. There was we did a year's worth of shows where we weren't good and we were sloppy, and it was like I even said after one of the shows, I said, "I guess we're just, I'm just, we're just a shitty live band then, and that's just what we're going to be," you know. And this is, <laughs> and I don't know if it took, and that was a genuine statement, you know. I wasn't. I think it was Texas. We played it with Power Trip in Texas, and it was just. You know, everybody fucking up and forgetting songs and just playing shitty. And um, I, I said it, and you know, a couple, a couple of the guys were like, "Fuck, I don't, I don't want to be shitty," you know. And and then it's, uh, you know, Perry agreed to put in a lot of work, and and he did. He worked fucking hard. Everybody worked really hard on these songs, and I didn't feel pressure, but I didn't want it to be shitty. I yeah. didn't want to be a half-ass release. You know, it was my first thing really released. And I, I put out a song that me and Dave McLean written that I had some riffs that I written before, but this was like super important. And I wanted to be proud of, of everything on it and not just have something else to have. That's why we did the California Morales uh, release first. I want, we wanted to have something out, but I didn't want to give out new songs that weren't finished yet. And they weren't they, they didn't feel done and i didn't want that to be like we you know, one shot to make that you know third impression <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely what it was yeah. for us you know we yeah. and it been since 2001 and we this was like that first taste of something new from us at this point needs to be jaw-dropping and it needs to be holy fuck you know this is yep. violence in there you know and i felt that we that we as a as a unit achieved that 
Yeah, I, th- I I completely get it. I mean, as I was saying earlier, you know, first new album for 29 years. I felt exactly the same way. It's like, I don't give a fuck if no yeah. one likes it. Okay. But really as long as... Okay yeah, yeah. Because once it's out, it's out. It's not... You yeah. can't you can't rein it back. You know? I also wanted to, like, remember things that, did, that I didn't like about... And learning over my years of, you know, whatever... I also wanted to think about like, well, you know, you didn't like it when you were treated this way or things came to you this way. So what would you, you know, want to happen in those situations and try? And I found myself going like, oh, hey, this is exactly what you didn't like, you know? So, so remember when you thought that was a dick move? So don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I do get that. I do get that. Um and uh, we've got another question from, uh, this is from Paul Hutchings. And there is a winky emoji at the end of this question. And the okay. question is just two words. And the question is, catharsis, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a weird time, you know. I don't, there's some moments on that record that, I, that I'm super proud of. Heavy Lies a Crown. I wrote so many riffs for that. Was really proud of those riffs. Um, uh, hope he gets hope. Really proud of that. You know, there's some magical moments hidden amongst it's such a long record. You know, it's so long, and there's yeah. so much stuff that I feel shouldn't have been on there. Um, it's just a weird time for the band. I think that you know, the band was done with us being together, and we just didn't know it yet. Yeah. So I think we just kind of realized it after the record was done and it was just time to time time to be done, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I think it was a necessary a necessary record for for uh for Rob to continue what he was doing and you know end end the band uh aspect of machine. It was it was a crossroads and and Rob was going in one direction. And it was up to we everybody. were we were well wait we were going in a direction and then <laughs> <laughs> then he right. went his own right right okay so yeah he became he became One Direction yeah there we yes. go that's the that's there's your blabbermouth clickbait for the, you right there the, the direction <laughs> and like I was saying like man after thirty years he's deserved that right yeah absolutely you know. I've, I've got no ownership over, you know, anything other than what I wrote for the band. And, you know, and I, and I thank Machine Head for my time. Yeah, I do, man. It was, you know, fuck all the experiences were fucking great. And, and look where you are now, you know, that's, you know, that that, it's all, it's all, it's all part, isn't it? You can't, you can't, you can't pick and choose. There's always going to be, you know, peaks and peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. Um, And, you know, you you did. You know, you had some great times that band. Some great records. Bloodstone and Diamonds is a fucking great record. Yeah, love that record. Yeah, me yeah. T- me too. I mean, there is like there's some great songs on there. I think um, that was our most our most concerted effort in my time at Machine Head was during that time. Adam had left. Jared was Jared was coming in. Uh, everything was super open with ideas being welcome and there was some really cool moments of you know 
jamming on the spot, ghost wand or moans. Uh, I started doing that finger tapping part, and I started doing that. Dave came in, Jared came in, and it just, you know, we jammed that tune on the spot. It was pretty cool to, for, for the most part, you know. I think that was our most cohesive writing and, for that record. And, and when that happens, when you do kind of like, and and it's it, I mean it sounds it sounds kind of cheesy, but when that does happen, when you jam something together, when somebody just starts noodling and then someone joins in, and then and like you know by the end of the day or a few hours later, you've got the 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 guts of a song, and it, it that that's what it's all about. That's yeah yeah. I had a lot of those moments uh, in the the violence writing too, you know having a couple of riffs coming in and have Perry trying shit out and he'll come up with something or Sean will go, Hey, let's, you know, he's got these crazy out of the box ideas and it's like, try going. He explains stuff like, like a caveman, like, Oh, junk, junk, oh, <laughs> do, do, do. it's like, we're, don't you play go boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. It's not what he says, but that's what it's the equivalent of. To, it's like, dude, are you you're saying go go down, but you're pointing up and your your notes are <laughs> going like sideways or something? What do you what do yeah. you want? Just tell me, sound it out, pump it for me, please. And what's the beat? And he can't, he can't really keep a beat like he can't. I don't know, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But once he gets his point across. The dude has got great musical ideas. Uh, that, and that's, yeah, it's one of the hardest things in a band is talking about music. It's like you you end up back in that place where you're going to go, well, no, what I mean is like you get to this bit and and then it flips. Well, how does it fucking yeah. flip? And what and what does flip mean, you know? Because yeah. flip to you might, and I think that's where me and Perry, yeah. once we broke through, I me explaining to him what, my musical languages and he just starting to understand we count different you know and so he would understand what four meant to me or what one meant to me or what the end is and what invert is and you know and once we spoke the same language then you know things really started to come to, to click let the world burn kind of kind of comes out and upon the cross does so it's you know i'm really i can't stress enough how proud i am of this record and of all five of us for the work that was done. Juan Ortiaga too, you know, the guy that, that engineered all our basic tracks and uh, Tui Matson who, who mixed it and captured what we, you know, it's got such a raw and clear production, exactly what we wanted. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It, 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 it definitely sounds, it's got, it's got that, um, it's got that uh, classic violent sound, but it's, it, you know, updated and chewy is a he's a god i mean you know he he's created yes, some of the best sounding records there is out there yeah he's awesome he's yeah awesome. well look dude um i gotta I, get rolling man yeah absolutely that's been an hour i mean that's just flown it's by now i just looked i'm all man i've been sitting here haven't used the bathroom for the past 20 minutes so i'm <laughs> I've, yeah, I've literally it's going to be a whole other show here in a, in a couple minutes if we don't let me go inside and use the toilet. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries, man. Well, look, um, I, I'll, I'll see you at Bloodstock. We'll meet up. Uh, we'll meet up for a beer. Enjoy, Violence, enjoy everything you do. Let the world burn. Metal Blade Records. Thank you, Howard. Absolute pleasure, man. Looking nice forward to, to talking to you, man.
Take you care, are. man. See you. You too. Yeah. Cheers. Bye-bye. Now, I don't know about you, but what comes over more than anything in that interview is what a nice bloke Phil Demmel is. And you kind of, you know, I know we sort of mentioned it in the interview, but you, that is basically underpinned by the fact that literally it would appear that any any decent band that is really fairly heavy, if they need a guitarist to step in, it's it's Phil Demmel. And, um, you know, there was me listing them all. And as he reminded me, and Lamb of God. I mean, fucking hell. Absolutely, absolutely uh, amazing career. Also, um, I would like to apologise because in the Patreon question section, um, I did refer to, um, I believe, I think it was one of Mark Penson's uh, questions as, um, as, as a shit question. And um, I, I think that was quite out of order, to be honest, because ultimately um, it's my job to ask decent questions and it's also my job to ask the Patreon questions. And you know what? It's not my job to decide what a decent and, you know, shit question is. Because sometimes I genuinely do see questions that um, patrons have written, uh, have asked. And I thought, oh, that's a bit bit of an obvious one or there, you know, there's not much in that. And then I'll ask it and you get, you know, you, you get some of the best stuff. And then on the flip side of that, I'll see um, questions that patrons have written and gone, well, well that is that is a great question. Um and it turns out to be a great question. So there you go. So anyway, basically what I'm saying is, um, yeah, I, I didn't have the right to slag off somebody else's question. You can't ask people to submit questions and then slag those questions off. So my apologies. OK, um, I think it was you, Mark. Um, if not, whoever it was, I do apologize. I do apologize. Anywho, um, that's it. That's the end of the podcast, really. Yeah. That, what do you mean? Well, it's not really. It is the end of the podcast. Um, it's as always a pleasure to chat to you all. And as you know, there's thick and thick and fast podcasts coming your way at the moment, aren't there? I mean, you know, you've got Phil now. Um, I've got some really cool interviews coming up, um, that I know you're all going to like. And, and some genuinely, and I don't want to go on about, I'm going to make this very quick, but some genuinely where you're going to go, do you know what? If I'd been, if I'd been, Patreon. If I'd signed up at Patreon, I could have asked him that question I've always wanted to ask him. And that's what you get to do. Anyway, sorry. Patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. I do apologise. Link in the podcast. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, um, it's the end of the podcast and I'm not going to drag it out. Um, apart from to say that one of my favourite ever podcasts is coming to an end after over 20 years. And that is the movie podcast with Kermode and Mayo on BBC Radio 5 Live. Um, I mean, I have been a listener for over 20 years. It was one of the podcasts that inspired me to... Well, I don't know if it inspired me to do a podcast, but it's definitely one of the podcasts that I've been listening to for years and informed how I approach podcasts and how I, you know, as I've always, as I've often said, on here I believe that you know I spent I listened to podcasts for 10 years before I started doing one um and it was one of the major ones it probably got me into podcasts and um and it's and it's and it's packing up they're going out of their own accord it's a shame and I will miss them um one of the best podcasts out there and if you're thinking oh never heard that that there's online there is about 15 years worth of podcasts that you can actually just go back to the beginning and um 
That's a hell of a lot. I mean, admittedly, you'll hear movies that are being reviewed from sort of 15 years ago, but hey, fuck it, who cares? Anyway, last year, sorry, last year, last um, uh, episode of Talking Bollocks, I did a little bit of a uh, a eulogy for Marcelo Bielsa leaving Leeds United. Um, and this week, it would appear that I'm doing a little bit of a eulogy for, um, for Mark Kermode and um, Simon Mayo, whose last ever podcast is going to be April the 1st. No, it's not an April Fool, because if you announce it now, it's not an April 1st, so it's not an April Fool, is it? They're not going to get to April Fool's Day and go, <laughs> we were just kidding. No, it's because that's not funny. So anyway, brilliant podcast. If you didn't already know about it, check it out. Go back over the years. Um, and it was awesome. It really was. It's been absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm really impressed. The other thing I wanted to mention is um, about a week ago, I found out that um, a I can't a friend of mine um, had taken his own life, and he was in his mid thirties. He had split up with his girlfriend of ten years um, about nine months ago. Um, he had told us all that he was depressed, but he was coping, and we all. You know, we were all sort of kind of checking on him. And um, and then one Friday night after being out with a group of friends that I was not, I wasn't there, um, all went out, had a few drinks and all went their own way. And everyone said, yeah, it was just like, it was like, been out for a few beers. Yeah, see you. Yeah, catch you later. And he went home and um, and ended his life. And, you know... If you are or in that position, if you've had suicidal thoughts, probably best to stay off the beer, you know? Um, just if you're even, if it even ever crosses your mind, yeah, just not when you're pissed, all right? Just clear head. Just have a clear head because... Not only that, but for all of those people that were out drinking with him and he goes home and in that drunken state ends it all, they can't all help feel that in some way they played a part in enabling him to do it because, you know, they were all out drinking. So it's incredibly sad. Um... I mean, he was he was fifteen years younger than me, and and I understand the pain, and I understand the feeling of desolation, and that things aren't just aren't worth it. But you know what? That isn't permanent. The but what he did is, whatever state you're in, whatever's going on in your life, however bad you feel, it is not permanent. But that way out is permanent. And it's never, ever worth it. Um, I had to mention that. And you know what? I, again, I really, really genuinely didn't know that I was going to bring that up. Um, but mental health is important. And it's not just... I I must admit, I'm getting a bit frustrated with everyone. Going, oh, it's all about talking. Oh, you've got to talk. Oh, do talk. Oh, you know. Oh, there's such a stigma attached and all that. It's just like, whatever. Yeah, whatever you need to do um do it obviously apart from taking your own life um you know whether it is talking 
or whether it's, you know, having a Zoom with somebody or you know, whatever it is that helps you clear your mind. Um, one thing I find really fucking useful is exercise, you know, is going out for a run or getting out on the bike or especially, and I know this is going to sound mad, um, I was feeling really, really down um, fairly recently and um, I put my uh, put my bike in the back of my car and I drove to Burnham Beaches, which is not far away from me. And for, it, it's a huge um, uh, nature site. Um, one of the biggest in Europe and um, it's called Burnham Beaches because there's tons of beech trees there and everything else and taking the bike out of the car getting on the bike and cycling into those woods literally heading towards those woods I just I just felt a cloud lift it's just nature has this amazing power that you might not even be aware of because I certainly wasn't it really can be uplifting um Anyway, look, you know, what works for one ain't going to work for the other. And I'm, you know, all I want to say is, look, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Are you broken? Sounds like a bloody bird alarm, doesn't it? One of the parakeets. Anyway, um, this has been a long rambling end to the podcast. But, um, you know, for for worthwhile reasons, I'm sure you'd agree. And... um, and to my good friend Magic, next time I see you, I'm going to kick your ass for that. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. You are the Talking Bollocks Army. Please do share, subscribe, tell everybody, and do your bit. But most of all, take care of each other. Have a chat now and again. Until next time, ta-ra. <laughs>